the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Classic. Gotta love 40 year old version. <laughs> you know what? This is how this movie, I didn't realize how old the movie was. I'm gonna ask Danielle this. Have you seen 40 year old version? I have. Oh, thank God. I was I was holding my breath there. I was Me like, too. oh, if she hasn't seen it, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna just I'm gonna click off and stream your fired on live too. <laughs> live podcast. Uh, I feel better too. I feel better too. Well, and the reason I asked, Danielle, you're actually about the same age as my sister. And she when I said four year old version, she looked at me, she was like, I think I've seen clips of it. And I was like, Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm I'm gonna kill you. I swear. Oh man. Anyway, wide receivers. What we what we got up first, Danielle? We have Chris Olave and his Achilles injury. Yeah, not not too worried. Not too worried at all. Um, sounds like he probably just has some inflammation or irritation back there in the Achilles tendon. Um, kind of became an issue during minicamp, I think OTAs. But um, my guess, they'll they'll take it slow. They'll they're not going to uh, risk anything because these are the type of injuries that if you try to play through it, that's when bad things happen. So they'll get him rested up. They'll take it easy with them, progress them slow through training camp. But uh, he'll be ready to go. I don't, I don't see this as being a big deal. Thank God, because whenever you hear wide receiver and Achilles, you start to get a little, <laughs> a little scared, a little bit, especially when you talk about a guy who I personally have ranked as wide receiver 14 right now, a high valuable commodity. Uh, let, let's just stay with the Saints. Michael Thomas and his toe. What do you got? You, you should have this one on like speed dial. Oh, God. I mean, like, we talked about it all freaking last year and the year before probably if i'm not mistaken i mean i've been talking about this at length listen he had season ending surgery back in november was on ir and lost for the year he played three games last year um before he had to sit and even then he wasn't really productive um and i speculated last year that he has some type of turf toe injury now i don't even know if we still know exactly what it was my guess is that it was turf toe um now, he was interviewed back in June um, at the Saints facility, and he was like, I'll be ready to go. I'm going to be ready. But I got to tell you, man, as a receiver dealing with this injury and surgery, uh, it's not a home run. This is one of the procedures, and this is one of the injuries that are you don't hit home runs when you have this stuff going on. So this is going to be something to have a really keep a close eye on in training camp to see how he progresses and how, how good he looks heading into the regular season. I'm hoping they give him some time in the preseason games to really kind of ramp it up and see what, what he's got, uh, because that's going to be the thing that really tells, tells the story. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff that can end careers. I mean, Deion Sanders, all the stuff he has going on with his foot, which has been in the news lately, all stems back to when he had turf toe injuries when he played on uh, in the NFL as a cornerback. So you can imagine, as a cornerback and receiver, the, the constant having to pivot, run routes, change direction, explode off that foot. Uh, this causes a major issue for those guys. So this is going to be tough to battle back from. Yeah, that, that's not what you, that's not really what you want to hear. No, Michael Thomas, it, it's been a while since he's been fantasy relevant. So you're not really breaking the bank here with where you're drafting many. Anyway. Right now, FFPC is going about the ninth round. But the reason he's really interesting is because even in those three games back, he had 172 yards, three touchdowns, 22 targets. He was utilized. Now, even if he's out there on the field, it's still Chris Olave's number one receiver on that team. But Thomas does have still look like he still has some value, especially when he came into the red zone situation where he can, maybe he's an Adam Thielen type at this point in his career when he comes back. And that's what kind of makes it a little more interesting where he should still be on your radar if he's coming for the right price. But 
he's also that type of guy where if he sneezes the wrong way, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> see you. No, see you so later. So he's, I think he's going to lose this. I think he's going to lose a little bit of a step here, maybe too. Um, you know, he's been in the league a long time. He's not, you know, this is where are we maybe double digits or getting close to double digit years. He's been there for but a he's long had time. so much rest, Brian. I, nah. The only reason I even brought that up is because I had this argument the other day with somebody who was talking about Calvin Ridley. And if you guys have listened to the show, you know, I'm not as big on Calvin Ridley as most people are out there. And, all, and pointing out the fact that he's been out for two years, we're like, well, that's just time he's had off from being contacted. I'm like, Okay, whatever. You're going to take it that way? Fine, whatever. That, that argument doesn't fly with me when it comes to the NFL. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different animal. It shouldn't so. if you have any common sense, but this person yeah. <laughs> uh, did not. Who's next on our list there, Danielle? We have Michael Pittman and his hip injury. Yeah, I'm not really sure what this is all about. Um, initially, they said that back in June that he might have had an injury during OTAs, and then they shut him down but they didn't really give a good indication as to what exactly it was. Um, maybe it was just a little hip pointer, which is essentially like a, a strain to the hip flexor muscle. So who knows? Um, yeah, I will say last, last time I checked, he's, he's not going to be on like a PUP list or yeah. anything to open I mean, up. I don't think it's serious, but at the same time, they're not really being very uh, open about it. And listen, hey, they don't have to be. Uh, in the offseason, nobody has to list injury reports and stuff uh, during OTAs or mini camps or anything like that. So they're not going to really divulge what's going on if it's not a major issue. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think they're just resting them up, getting them ready for the season. Let's assume it's not a big deal. Daniel, we're looking at Michael Pittman, and we have all the volatility at the quarterback position heading into the season. This is a guy who's consistently been a high-target producer. What's your take on him? Because right now, I mean, he is all over the place. There are some leagues where he's wide receiver 34. There's other leagues where he's still in the top 24 of wide receivers. Where on that spectrum do you fall? I'm a very kind of in right towards the middle with him. I don't have too high of opinions on him, but I also don't think he's the worst wide receiver out there by any means. I mean, he got just underneath a thousand yards last year. Four touchdowns. He was averaging about nine yards of carry. So I'm very just like okay with him. You know, if he ends up falling towards my time to pick in my drafts and I need another wide receiver, I'll pick him up and I'll feel pretty confident in it. And I won't feel like, oh man, that was an awful pick. Man, I should have chosen this other wide receiver instead. I feel very, very average about him. Like not not too excited, but also like, okay, he can get the job done and be somewhat useful on my fantasy team. So that's exactly where I am with him. Yeah, I guess we're of a similar mindset. I got Michael Pittman sitting right now at wide receiver 28. I got him squashed right in between uh, with Christian Watson and Jerry Judy right now in my rankings. And the, the way I'm looking at it is this. It's not a situation in which he has a, 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 a the ability to get a ceiling where he's back to being a wide receiver 15 like he was a couple of seasons ago. It, it's not that situation. But if Anthony Richardson's going to play a lot, and I do think he's going to, as bad as he is as a passer, the one thing that can help you out is throwing to a big-bodied wide receiver. The one thing helping you out could be throwing to the safety blanket, and that person is going to have to be Michael Pittman. I don't. Josh Jones, he's the guy who suffers because you have to anticipate when he's going to get open and get the separation and be accurate with your football. Uh, Alex, Alex Pierce, I do think he'll have some big plays, but he's not going to be a high target earner in that offense. So from that standpoint, I think Pittman has a very safe floor, but it doesn't have much of a ceiling. So you have to draft him at the said floor, which right now 
I got kind of pinpointed as a mid-level wide receiver three. Who is our next guy? We have Rashad Bateman in his foot. Ah, another Liz Frank. Believe it or not. So no, yeah, and we (laughs) talked about him a lot last year too. Uh, He ended up having to have a season-ending surgery for this. He had a ligament injury, not a fracture like what we suspect Garoppolo had. Um, This was purely a ligament injury. Now, the problem with these is sometimes they still require surgery, and it means uh, some time missed. Usually, though, the surgery is pretty quick and simple. You just basically put a screw where that ligament basically runs, and that screw basically compresses the joint, helps the ligament heal. And then you're done. You're good to go. Get back out there. Start running around. Usually not a major long-term issue like you would have with the fractures where it can lead to advanced arthritis very quickly. So much better uh, if you're going to choose to have a Liz Frank, go with the ligamentous Liz Frank. Don't go with the fracture (laughs) type. Um, Issue with him is he had some continued pain even after the procedure, which kind of set him back a little bit during his recovery and ended up having to have that screw uh, removed. So he had two procedures, and it sounds like even then he's still been having some discomfort there uh, because I think he recently, and maybe it was just like a week or two ago, had like a cortisone injection um, in and around that area uh, or some area of his foot. So now that kind of raises the question, well, did this thing heal properly? Is there something else going on? Uh, hard to kind of predict uh, with that with the information that's out there, but um, I would definitely tread a little cautiously um, heading into training camp here, assuming he's going to be ready for week one. But um, he might see some limited time. He might actually be sat for a little bit. I don't know uh, right now, but something to certainly keep an eye on. You sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) I wish you did, Ryan. I wish. I I wish I did, too. I don't like having to report bad news. Uh, Well, especially with Rashad Bateman. It's so frustrating. I mean, I comped this guy to DeAndre Hopkins, and he's never going to get on the field to prove me right. It's driving me nuts. And they, they even brought in OBJ. So you have those two guys and an early report. And it was only the first day of training camp. It is the time to be optimistic. But big time Zay Flowers today. Everyone's saying, oh, Zay Flowers looks like the best wide receiver. Keep that in mind. That's real because of what Brian is saying because of OBJ's history. And we don't even know what he is physically right now. That is something I am paying attention to. Zay Flowers back in a draft. You're still drafting best ball. Make sure you get some shares because he could wind up being the number one wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, if nothing else, just by default. Who's next there, Danielle? We have Juju Smith-Schuster and his knee, apparently. Yeah, I'm not too worried about this. It, it From what I've read, I've seen multiple reports that said this stems from a chronic kind of nagging thing that he was dealing with even last year um, into the run into the Super Bowl, but he was able to play through it. So I don't think it's anything significant. Um, they'll probably just take him slow. He'll probably want, he'll probably see some limited action during preseason and training camp um, just to kind of get him ready for the regular season, but I don't think this is a big deal. Well, I think it's just uh, Juju is perpetually listed with the knee issue. <laughs> I think that's probably, that's probably. what it is. Uh, it's probably more thing. an overuse thing. Um, these guys get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that they got to treat, but it's not like debilitating or serious enough that he needs to sit for extended periods of time. And I'm sure a lot of guys deal with that and play through it. And, you know, he probably will too. But yeah. And this is Danielle's favorite wide receiver, right, Danielle? Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> really excited to have him part of the New England team. 
Let's see, Jacoby Myers for half a million dollars less or Juju Miss Miss Schuster. Which one would you have rather had? Right. Uh <laughs> yeah, I think you can kind of feel out of the room based off of that one. <laughs> oh, gotta love those New England Patriots. All right, what we got next? Hmm. We have Sterling Shepard, ACL, another ACL injury. All right. Well, I'm a giant guy. Like I told you earlier, I'm going to lump him together with Wandale. Wandale he's yeah. next on our list. Um, two key things here when you're looking at both guys. Number one, Sterling Shepard. He's got an injury history. Missed a lot of time the year before because of an Achilles injury. Um, then tore his ACL week three this year, this past season, I should say. Uh, that being said, um, he's supposedly on schedule with his rehab but I don't anticipate that we'll see him doing much to start with. I think he's going to come in on the pup. Um, if they haven't said that yet already, I, that's what I'm anticipating. Um, I suspect that they'll probably keep him on the shelf until they get closer to that 12 month mark. Um, I, I honestly feel that way, just given his history and everything and what the, what the giants have done with that receiver core, picking up a couple of extra guys this year tells me that they're not looking for either him or Wandale to contribute much. But when looking at the, both of them together, I have to give the edge to Wandell. Um, despite the fact that he tore his ACL three weeks later, um, he's been quoted as saying that his ACL injury was was clean. He had no other structural damage in there, um, and he should be good to go week one. I don't think he will either, but I think that he's got a better chance of getting off the pup closer to week one than Sterling Shepard does. So uh, keep that information and take it. Do what you want with it, but uh, I don't see these guys contributing much heading into the season at the beginning, at least. Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt. How many slot receivers can you possibly have? Paris Campbell. And that's the part that we have to talk about because that is going to be the most valuable wide receiver of the Giants. You want to have an idea of where I have giant receivers ranked right now? Paris Campbell is who I have ranked the highest. You want to know where I have him ranked right now? 65, yeah, which doesn't even right. qualify as like a fantasy pros receiver that they grade you on as far <laughs> as your calculations go in the expert, <laughs> expert accuracy. I, I, I couldn't even argue that with you, Dan, as a giant <laughs> fan. I couldn't even find any reason to justify any of those guys being any higher. So uh, I, I hear you. It's an absolute mess. It should be Darius Slayton. They seem to hate Darius Slayton for whatever reason. Keep he had a case Paris of the drops Campbell. last year. He had a bad case of the drops last year. But he's the only one who actually gets open. He's the only one True. who can do anything on the perimeter. Now, I like Jalen Hyde a, a lot. I don't think the Daniel Jones fit is very good, and I don't know exactly what he's going to be as a rookie, being that he's more of a developmental project for down the road. So we'll see what he becomes. Right now, I think they're pinning their hopes on Paris Campbell being the starting wide receiver. So just kind of keep your eye on that. All right, so we got that out of the way. Let's wrap it up with our last receiver, which is who? John Met Mechie? Is that Mechie. right? Yep, correct. Danielle doesn't even know who he is because he didn't play all last year. That's right. <laughs> I know but, I feel bad. But for good like, reason. No, this is his name. For good reason. He was... So you guys had him listed with a hamstring. Um, that's recent, yeah. Yeah, that's recent. I don't see that being a big deal. Hamstrings, you got to treat conservatively. Although, otherwise, that can be an issue which we've seen a lot of uh, throughout the season and that you don't want that. But the big news with him is that he was diagnosed with leukemia, a form of leukemia um, that was treatable. Thank God. And basically had to take the year off to get treatment, get himself right uh, and recovered. And it sounds like all that stuff went really well. And um, he's been given a clean bill of health and he should be ready to go week one. So welcome to the NFL. 
Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. This is another situation kind of similar to the Giants where we're waiting to see who that number one receiver winds up being on the team. And whoever that's going to be may have some fantasy value when you go to pick up on your waiver wire. Nico Collins is the one leading the way as far as ADP goes. Another guy that's in the 50s and 60s that you're barely even drafting. But you're waiting to see who that number one guy is going to be. I don't buy into Nico Collins. I think he is what he is. We've seen a couple of years of him. Had a little flash, a couple of games here and there, but he just doesn't bring much to the table. I wasn't being on John Mechie before all the cancer, before the hamstring, when he got drafted. Because this is a guy, remember, he had a 4-6-40. I thought he was overdrafted in the second round to begin with. He doesn't bring a lot to the table as far as explosiveness already. And then we saw with James Conner, it took him a couple of years before he could really be back up to snuff after he recovered from cancer. We don't know what exactly is going to happen there. Keep your eye on Tank Dell. CJ Stroud wanted Tank Dell. They drafted him in the third round. They're going to have to play a lot of 11 personnel in the second half of games to come back. He's the guy who's going to get the man in the slot. He's the guy who has the quick twitch and separation. Keep your eye on him. Nico Collins, John Mechie, they'll play more, but I don't know they'll be quite as effective. Let's move to the tight end. 